foothold. A secure position from which further progress may be made. Foothold. A secure and strategic position from which one can advance, especially against an enemy. Hold on to this definition. Hold on to this definition throughout this message today. Hold on to this definition throughout the entire series that we are about to embark on here of not letting the devil or not letting the enemy sit at our table. This is going to be a concept for us in the coming weeks. In World War II, the Allied forces launched the greatest seaborne invasion in history. The invasion of Normandy, France, if successful, the German resources, the block, uh, the, the block that it would be to, to access, uh, accessing key military sites, it would be able to establish a viable presence for the Allies in Northern Europe once again. The Allies invaded in the most successful, successful, successful invasion that has ever been seen from the seaborne invasion. The Allies invaded on June 6, 1944, and they established a beachhead, a foothold, behind enemy lines. That foothold allowed the Allies to create a base of operations that proved to be a springboard for them to engage Europe and to gain victory in Europe. If not for this foothold in Normandy, the Allied forces would have been at a distinct disadvantage and victory might not ever have come, historians tell us. In war, a foothold is essential. From a secure position, one can advance and progress into enemy territory. Now take a look around you. The people to your left, the people to your right, outside. You may not realize it, but you and I, we are in the middle of a war. It may not seem like it. We're sitting here on Sunday morning in the pews, or maybe you're watching this from home, or you're listening to this as a podcast. But the truth is, right now, you are in a spiritual war with an enemy who is crafty, he's mean, he is deceptive, and every day, every day, he is seeking to create footholds in your and my life. He does this so that he can destroy us. When I was a kid, my mom handed me a book in middle school, she handed me a book called This Present Darkness by Frank Peretti. And this book scared the ever-living snot out of me. It scared the bejeebies out of me. It was a book, or is a book, about angels and demons and how they're all around us. How they're interacting with us. How they're influencing us. It was a fictional book, of course, but it was written and based on a very real truth. We're in a spiritual battle, every single one of us, every single day. And when we allow the devil to get footholds in our lives, we allow him a secure, strategic position from which he can advance further into our lives and do damage in our relationship with God. So how do we stop it? How do we stop giving the enemy these beachheads, these footholds? How do we take back ground that's already been given? The way we stop allowing our enemy 
to have footholds in our lives is we practice renewing our mind. We practice renewing our mind. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, we get a very clear picture of who the enemy is. It's not a co-worker. It's not your neighbor. It's not the person who's on a political opposition from you. Your enemy is the one, the one being in all the universe who hates you. He hates you because you are seeking to follow Jesus. He has many names. He's been called Satan, the devil, Lucifer. And his only goal, his only goal is to distract you enough so that you stop following Jesus. In his first letter to the church, the Apostle Peter wrote this. He writes, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking, looking for someone to devour. What do we know about the devil? We know that he was full of pride, that he rebelled against God. He hates Jesus, and he hates everything associated with Jesus. The devil is like a roaring lion looking to devour anyone who's a part of God's family, anyone who's seeking to try to grow closer, anyone who's trying to get closer to God. He seeks to devour them. So what can you do to stop him? What can you do to stop the devil from, from getting those footholds in your life? Nothing. You can't stop him from prowling around you. You can't stop him from prowling around you. He's always going to be prowling around you, looking for someone to devour. But what you can do, what you can do, is you can prevent the footholds. I said that wrong a moment ago. You can't stop him from prowling around you, but you can stop him from, from gaining the footholds in your life by renewing your mind. Hear me when I say this. You can do nothing to stop the devil from prowling around you. It is his nature. He is a lion seeking to destroy anything that is good. But what you can do is you can prevent him from gaining footholds in your life by renewing your mind. For the next six weeks in this message and in the Thursday night growth group that we're going to be doing, we are going to practice renewing our minds. And this is important because the devil, your enemy, wants nothing more than to destroy you. He wants to crush you. He wants to steal everything of value that you have, everything that is good in your life. The devil wants to destroy it. He will take your peace. He will take your joy. He will take your hope. If the devil can claim victory over your mind, he will eventually claim victory over your life. But you're not without hope. We are not without hope. God's plan has been and always will be to protect you, to provide for you, and to restore you. Like a good shepherd who never abandons his sheep to the wolves, God does not leave us alone to, to fight our enemy by ourselves. Through Jesus Christ, you have the authority to decide what you allow into your minds and who gets to influence your thinking. You get to decide that. As Pastor Louis Giglio from Passion City Church says, you do not need to feel trapped by fear, despair, 
or rage. Your mind does not have to be stressed. You don't have to wrestle with harmful thoughts. You were invited into an intimate relationship with the Almighty. The table that God has prepared for you is one of peace and clarity and abundance. You don't have to give the enemy a seat at your table. For the next several weeks, we are going to look at Psalm 23. It's going to be the backdrop of all of the messages. You might want to open your Bibles at home, or if you have the Bible app, just bookmark the Bible app for Psalm 23 and highlight it, because each week we are going to be searching out the truths that God has for us through the Psalms, or through Psalm 23 specifically. We're going to look at this ancient prayer, and we're going to seek out what God is speaking to us. Specifically, we're going to refresh, we're going to look at this in a fresh new way, and we're going to look at how God has set a table before us in the presence of of our enemies. The message of the 23rd Psalm is that Jesus, the good shepherd, prepares a table for you. It is a table set for two, for you and for the Lord. And the devil is not invited to sit down. This morning, I want us to read together the 23rd Psalm. I'm assuming most of us have heard the 23rd Psalm before, but as you read it today, imagine you are saying these words as if it is for the very first time. And so here it is, the, the 23rd Psalm. Let's read this out loud uh, together. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a, table, a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Did you notice anything as you read those words for the first time? The message of the 23rd Psalm is that Jesus, the good shepherd, prepares a table for you. It is a table set for you and for him, and the devil is not invited to sit down. Now, in order for us to renew our minds and not give the enemy a seat at our table, we have to begin to wrap our minds around a very difficult truth. And here it is. This is the difficult truth we have to understand. Are you ready? Life is hard, and yet Jesus invites you to sit anyway. Life is hard, and yet Jesus invites us to follow him anyway. I remember when I was in seminary that I was taught that throughout the Bible there are these if-then statements. If something happens, then this will happen. For example, multiple times God speaks to the Israelites and says, if you will be my people, then I will be your God. And it really didn't mean if you do it good, then I'm going to be your God. It just meant 
if you understand that you are my people, I am your God. It was an if-then. There were lots of these if-then statements throughout the Bible. And what was so impressive to me about what I learned then is that God is at the center of every if-then statement. God is, is present there. Well, just like the if-then statements, there's another uh, statement that I want us to pay attention to today. And it's this statement. And it goes like this. Even though I will. Say that with me today. Even though I will. Even though I will. Even though I will. Countless times throughout the Bible, uh, we, we read story after story of people coming across hard times. Difficult times, times when they didn't know any way out. They didn't know how they were going to move forward. And yet the stories we remember from the Bible, whatever story comes to your mind from the Bible, I guarantee you, if it's a story where there was hardship and difficult times, we remember that even though I am going through a difficult time, yet I will trust in God. Those are the themes that we see in the Bible. Listen to this. This is from the the prophet Habakkuk. He says this wonderful phrase. He says, even though the fig trees have no blossoms and there are no grapes on the vines, even though the olive crop fails and the fields lie empty and barren, even though the flocks die in the fields and the cattle barns are empty, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. The truth about life is this. It is hard. And when life gets hard, we are tempted to think that it's going to be easier if we turn away from God, turn towards an an addiction or an escape of some kind. When life gets hard, there's always temptation, and we allow, there's the temptation to allow the devil to get a foothold. We give the enemy a seat at our table. But when life gets hard, that's when we remember that even though I will, When we face hard times as people of faith, we realize that Jesus invites us to follow him, even though life is challenging. Even though bad things happen, I will not let my mind be lost to the enemy. Even though I'm under intense financial uh, financial pressure, even though my loved one is facing a medical scare, even though I can't understand, God, why this is happening, even though I can't walk, I can't see, I can't hear, yet I will rejoice in the Lord my God. I will be joyful in God my Savior because he has set a table before me in the presence of my enemies. It is a feast for me. And I will not, and he will not, let the enemy devour me. God has given us an even though I will faith. And we choose to daily renew our minds and practice remembering that. Developing this kind of faith will change your perspective on life. When hard times come, even though I will, that kind of faith, it doesn't doesn't wither. Instead, it grows stronger. It becomes bolder. It adapts to our circumstances. And this kind of faith pushes back against the devil's attempt to gain a foothold in your life. In fact, an even though I will faith becomes a foothold for you to take back ground that's been given over to the enemy. The development of an even though I will kind of faith has 
everything to do with where you put your attention, where you place your focus. Earlier, I mentioned to you that my mom gave me this book that scared the ever-living snot out of me. This present darkness. The idea that there were demons in this world, entities that live in the shadows and, and use footholds to gain access to our minds was extremely unsettling for a middle schooler, for an adult. It's scary to think like that. And if I had let those images consume me, if I had let those images consume me, the fear of what the devil can do as he prowls around seeking for someone to devour, it would have seriously impacted my ability to follow Jesus. If I was always afraid of what the devil is going to do, then I would be incapacitated by fear. But this present darkness showed me what the Bible says, that even though life is scary and can be hard, we will trust in Jesus because Jesus is trustworthy. He is the good shepherd who looks after his sheep. He goes after us when we are lost. He tends to our injuries. He fights our enemies and, and he never rests until we are safe. Even though life is hard, yet I will rejoice in the Lord for he is my God. I will be joyful in him because he is my rock and my salvation. So allow Jesus to be your good shepherd. This week, identify the, the, the strongholds, the, the footholds in your life. Where are the footholds that you have given over in your life, that you've allowed the enemy to sit at that table? Begin to identify those footholds in your life and, and practice having an even though I will faith. You don't need to be trapped by fear. Your mind doesn't have to be stressed. You don't need to wrestle with harmful thoughts anymore. You are invited into an intimate relationship with the Almighty. The table that God's prepared for, for you is one of peace, clarity, and abundance. You don't have to give the enemy a seat at your table. Amen. Let's pray. God, I am so grateful to you for bringing us this word. I thank you for this study that we are about to embark on. Lord, I pray that you would reveal to us those places where we have allowed footholds into our lives. And Lord, we pray that you would help us to identify those and that we would begin the process of dismantling those by renewing our minds, taking our thoughts captive. And Lord, we know that this is a battle. This is not a battle that we are going to face in the physical realm, Lord. This is a spiritual battle. For we are taking back ground that the devil has, has wanted and, and, and sought out. But Lord, we do not have to be afraid. Even though this is scary, yet I will trust in you, Lord. And so Lord, we are grateful that you will go before us, that you will be with us, and that you will guide our steps. We pray this today in Jesus' name. Amen.